podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, welcome back to This Is Happening. This is Nathan Streifel. And this is Eric Morris. Hello, thank hey you for joining us. Thanks for coming back. Um, today, <laughs> we are joined by a dear friend of mine. Uh, Tequila? Incredibly. <laughs> well, that's true. Thank you, Nathan. Um, but but we are also joined by a dear friend of mine, very talented opera singer and just singer extraordinaire, teacher, um, producer, uh, writer, uh, Chad Johnson. Chad, hello. Welcome. It's my hello, pleasure to be Chad. here. Welcome. Also, like sexy corn-fed boy. Give it to me. I love it. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yes. Well, I I met Chad in a bar in New York City. I low, never went to those. Low these, I don't <laughs> was know, it Barracuda? Ten, it was Barracuda. Yeah. It was on the block where I used to live, but I wasn't living there at the time. Questionable choices. Um, yeah, well. <laughs> we talked about that earlier this evening. <laughs> we've all made questionable choices, but, but that anyway. That could be a new book. God, it's, at least a, it's, a, it's at least two chapters of mine. <laughs> and it's just a list of names, like the Old Testament. Like so-and-so begot so-and-so. That's what that will just be. I wouldn't call my choices questionable. A Manhattan census. Mine would and have if to I could be, remember the names, I'd be lucky. Mine would have to be terrible choices. <laughs> Not questionable. <laughs> Terrible. It's a matter of outlook, though. <laughs> so one of the nice things about having a podcast is that when you have a friend who is passing through town on a fabulous international tour, um, and you can say, like, and, and says, well, I'm going to stay a few extra days. Can I stay with you? The price of staying in my guest room is... Appearing on the podcast. Thank Glad you, Glad to be here. Yay. Happy to do it. <laughs> should make more people stay with you. I, well, I'm not, not sure, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> not every person that occupies that room is warrants an appearance Absolutely. on this podcast. Absolutely. You know that, Nathan. I know our bar is raising, <laughs> raising and Chad, you, you leapt over the bar. The <laughs> I think it's actually a bus stop, right? Isn't it listed on the route? <laughs> As, if you can find your way here, we'll interview you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, if you can find us, we tr- we try to um, try to conceal where we are, but we drop little clues. If you're obsessively <laughs> listening, you might know where we are. <laughs> some, there's some obsessive listeners somewhere in their garage with string and a map of LA and all of the quotes that we have about where we might be right. recording that. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, and we're but, in a warehouse in Canarsie. That's true. Chad, we are catching you. You are on tour with Chris Bodie, who I have to admit, I didn't realize, I, I now realize I have seen him in concert because you told me he was Sting's um, trumpet player. That's where we started, yeah. When, as soon as uh, Sting got out of the police, he mm-hmm. had this amazing band with Branford Marsalis, mm-hmm. and I, ga- I gather Chris Bodie was a member of that band. Yeah. Um, and they were so good. I saw them at Radio City Music Hall. I saw them several times. Those early, um, like the dream of the blue turtles, or those albums mm-hmm. of stings that, mm-hmm. that that he did, were just gorgeous. And and Chris Bodie is a really obviously really talented trumpet player. Well, I mean he's 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 one gone of the, beyond he, that. Yeah, I mean he's, he's one of the greatest selling jazz, solo jazz musicians of yeah. all time. And, um, People in the know know who he is. I, I yeah, have to admit my own ignorance. I didn't know. Um, and, and the incredible thing is that he's also a, he's a talent scout, and he's he's so passionate about his art form that he looks constantly for not only he he literally goes and and, and rapes and pillages other people's band for the best players, mm. and and brings them in because he wants to he wants to make a real jazz show. Which you don't have many of those. He's an overload the, of jazz. Seriously, I mean, he really, truly is. He he scopes out the the young talent. We have we have, you know, new new young singers come on and and people that he believes in that he just randomly sees, and he brings in young people. He has the whole band. Is they've all recorded with Dionne Warwick and toured with Whitney Houston. And did he scout you? Um. The, well, actually, it's, it's funny. It com- comes back to Eric, too. Uh, the, when I lived in New York City, I lived with my roommate, Steve Reinecke, who is now a very 
famous conductor. Mm, He's like, mm-hmm. he was Eric Quinzel's assistant with the Cincinnati Pops. I have to stop hitting the table. He, with, <laughs> with Cincinnati Pops. And uh, he is the premier American pop orchestra conductor now. Amazing. And he's conducted uh, Chris Bodie's show a number of times. Such a charming, what a lovely guy. Crazy roommate. Your roommate. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, uh, my ex-boyfriend was getting his uh, artist diploma at the conservatory in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And um, Steve was living there at the time. He's from there. And we all kind of met and formed this great, crazy friendship. And then when Steve's career kind of blew up, was just starting to blow up, mm-hmm. they asked him to move to New York. And we all moved together because he said, I, didn't, I don't want to live in New York by myself. I don't know what I'm doing. Absolutely. So we all moved in together and we had a, a great time. And that's when I met Eric. Yeah, and we all hung out at the apartment, and and Steve had he's a Steinway artist, so he had a baby Steinway, a mini baby cool. Steinway, and we and you know all of our friends are are talented drag queens and opera singers and Broadway singers and everything, and and so we'd be you know twelve sheets to the wind singing <laughs> one day more at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean Chad has a remarkable voice. We will play a clip of his. Um, but one thing I always like, you know, admired about you, it's, it's, um, you, you will kind of just like sing at the drop of a hat, kind of like, um, it, it, it's, it reminds me of that, you know, that Saturday Night Live skit. Um, I don't mean like to, it's not in any insulting way, but what's her, Kristen Wig? <laughs> You know, she she plays this character, and she's you know, it's just don't make don't me make sing. me sing. Don't make me sing. She was she was it was her Liza Minnelli. It was her Liza Minnelli turns on a lamp. Wasn't no, it? that's a different. Oh, it's a, a different, different one. Character. Okay, I'm wrong. It's a different sketch, but um, but you know, she just plays this hostess of a party who who like can't sing, and no one wants to hear her sing. But she's like, well, don't make me sing. Well, <laughs> you know, you're 100 percent right because it's like I really I love singing. I love everything about singing. I love yeah. the craft of singing. I love technique of singing. Singing has taught me everything. I mean, we talked about this earlier today, but it literally has... I'm from West Michigan, and it was all white people and all Christian, and, you know, I had amazing, uh, an amazing music department in my public school, oh, wow. and I started voice lessons there, and it kind of germinated my life. How old were you when you started voice lessons? 17. Oh, okay. That's yeah. like not um, super young. I, I had always, I had always sung. <clears throat> we do everything too early now. Everyone can do everything at every age. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's just a product of our culture. You're right. I mean, in terms of like training your voice, you know, you're, you're not, you know, when you're going through puberty, it's not the best time to necessarily. And do just that. on the tail end your of puberty too, nothing is settled. Yeah. I mean, it's like. But you can still learn the basics of singing, and especially if you if you right. uh, if you're a kid that really likes singing, there's always work to be done. Like you can always you can always teach the breath, even though a man's body or a woman a fully developed man or a fully developed woman's body functions differently than a kid's does. You can still teach the basics of it, especially if they love it. Yeah, and that will carry them through their whole life. Absolutely. I mean, I I started voice lessons and you know because I actually had an extraordinary um, uh, music program and theater program at the high school I went to and but I had the opportunity in high school um, <clears throat> to travel the world and perform you know like Haydn's creation uh, in Greece and perform at the Madeira Bach festival in Port- you know in, the, in mm-hmm. the Madeira off of Portugal um, and all over the place and I played Aeneas and Dino Aeneas. So I started. Look at you on the singing. And I was, music I, I, was, I was in a. I started actually a, a kids' choir when I was in second grade. And we performed at the Grays Harbor County Fair. And I had a one line solo from Downtown by Petula Clark. Oh, I That's love it. And actually, and Nathan, you're a very talented um, <laughs> musician. You're a very talented um, oh, pianist um, and and. You write, you know, clever, lovely songs, um, but you play piano classically really, really well. It's very impressive. Oh, thank you. Um, but what I that. was saying also, though, was you're, like, I, I hear you, and your talent is on such another level. I mean, it's just like, what, what you get from your voice, like the power, and just like the, the instrument that it is, I, I am so in awe of. 
Um, it's just, it's incredible. Because, you know, I'm studying... I, I, I think that specifically opera singing is the greatest form of human expression. Mm. Because it is the full amplification. You don't need a mic. You've heard me sing. Yes. I, I, I can fill a pretty big house. Yes. What, what did but I see you in in Albuquerque? What was the production? Traviata. Yeah. Yeah. You were amazing. And it is... It's what you are. It's, it's you with a loudspeaker about your life. And mm. your voice. And you put so much into the training of it. And, and, psycholo- and it's more psychological and emotional than anything. Because on your shittiest day, when you wake up and you're like, I am such crap today. I'm not going to be worth anything, but I've got to sing a... I got to sing a matinee of whatever opera. You've got to get up and do it, and then project how shitty you feel to everyone in the house. Right. But there are goddesses like Maria Callas that could get out and do it, or Judy Garland that could get out and do it and just amplify their pain to mm. all of us, and uh, and allow you to have that experience. And that. And, but and, I mean, someone like Judy Garland, she didn't get it perfect every night live neither but, did Collins um, yeah you know no, none of them did and that's the great thing I mean they that's the it. great thing of, of live theater is that yeah. they don't give it per- perfect every night because none of us get it perfect in the course of a day you lose your keys <laughs> when you weren't anticipating losing your keys you know <laughs> ah, and, but I mean honestly like you, you, you never you never <laughs> plan singing, you can literally you lose n- the keys you never plan on this but that's the point that's why we go see people do it you can sit home and listen to any auto-tuned recording of anybody and yeah. and be moved, yes, but it's the exact same movement every time. How did um, kind of opera become something for you? Um, as a this, this sounds so obnoxious and I, and I hate even saying it, but it was like it literally kind of chose me because I wanted to be Michael Crawford from Phantom of the mm-hmm. Opera. Mm-hmm. When I was like 17, he was my idol. And I started taking voice lessons and, and started singing some Mozart stuff earlier than, than a lot of guys could do it and uh, got me a scholarship to college and then I started doing opera there and then where did you go to college? Western Michigan University okay. in Kalamazoo, Michigan and they you had, were like I'm doing music they had a good well, music well program. that was yeah they have, they have a very good music it's, it's mostly choral and music, music education nice but I met this, this really great tenor named Billy Apple and he was a thousand years old when I showed up and he just passed this past year, uh-huh. and but he was a remarkable guy, and he really he gave a shit about me. You know what I mean? It's like he's one of the first people that ever took interest and said, "Oh, you can actually do this." Yeah. And other mm-hmm. than my, my voice teacher in high school, and I was kind of like one of the fancier kids in the high school, went there and he said, "No, you can actually do this." But he also told me I was crap half the time because yeah. I was. Well, you you know, I was I was yeah I was a baby. I was a closet case. I had like any any. Midwestern oppression thing you can put on someone I had. Yeah. And uh, the, the funny thing was that... How so? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Um, being raised in West Michigan when I was raised. I graduated high school in 1996. Did it, is it a really like uh, rural area? Especially or? when I was there, it was very con- Christian conservative. You know, we, we sang... We what sang religious it? songs in our public school right. performances and everything. Right. You know, it was like it is really part of the culture. What was like the big awesome. town that you like would go to? Or Grand Rapids was the nearest big city, but it's it, that's I mean, the Calvinist college is there. Right. You know? and right, it's, right. It's right, serious. Right, right. It's serious Christian conservative. So, what was your hometown? Muskegon, Michigan. Muskegon. Yeah, but there's actually some really famous. Opera singers that have come from there. Gwen, mm. Gwen Bean is a very famous singer. She sang at the Met in the 80s. She toured Leonard Bernstein. She did everything. She was a dramatic contralto, which is the lowest female voice. Yeah. And it was enormous. So I've the, heard her wow. sing in, a bunch of there's times. There's an amazing um, <clears throat> contralto part in Verdi's Requiem. Yeah. It's I really love hard. your encyclopedic <laughs> really knowledge of, mm-hmm. of, you know, because I... It's I, really hard. We used it's to no perform that, that and we performed with some amazing contraltos. I love, I just love that piece. It's so gorgeous. But There's nothing cooler than a contralto. My, um, my first voice teacher was a countertenor, mm-hmm. um, Jeffrey Dooley, 
who was quite... That's a counter-tenor name. Well-known <laughs> at the time, in the, in the 80s. Um, I would be shocked. Wait, what's a counter-tenor? Um, well, so like uh, like a woman contralto, the lowest... Of a counter-tenor the is the highest, highest, highest male voice, who really sings mainly in falsetto. Eunuch level, level. Totally. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure that the early counter-tenors... I, they were eunuchs. Well, they, they were they were cons, cons, no, they castratos. were castrati, yeah. Castrati. So, so what it was is that um, just well, like knows, a, this is, you know, this is your business. What am I saying? <laughs> I know a bit about it. <laughs> uh, uh, just like in Shakespeare, only men would be on stage. Right. So they acted sure. all of the male parts, and we wonder why everybody's like getting that out. Yeah. Billy so, Crudup movie. Yeah. Have you seen that one? There's a movie by Billy Crudup where he is one of the most famous female Shakespeare yeah. actors, and then they change the laws while he's at the height of his thing, and he has to start acting as a male, and it's like his right. kind of thing. Anyway, continue, continue. Yes, uh, I remember when that came out. So, when we're boys, we have very high voices, and then we go through puberty, and our voices drop, but we never lose that part of our range. The high little part that we can that we had when we were kids. Yes, that, that comes so, out of me every once in a while. So still... <laughs> probably more often than you realize. <laughs> but... So, uh, since well, we don't... Someone's in just the right spot. Since we, since we don't... Just my pee. You found my counter <laughs> It's all about angles. So, uh, since we stopped castrating people, mm. we had to figure out a way to do all this wonderful repertoire that is for the male soprano or the male mm-hmm. alto or the anything, which we now have countertenor. So it's just a way of reinforcing head voice into the male falsetto mm. and and like Anthony Roth Costanzo who's a, a buddy of mine he's yeah. killing it I mean he's doing everything he was on NPR the other day and he was talking about like the history of countertenors and the he's frighteningly intelligent yeah he was very articulate yeah. and, the, and the person who was the woman interviewing him was very taken with him um, he's, I, he's the char- most charming little creature in the but world but apparently he's doing really really well and you know he's he should be he's a, he's a genius and, yeah. he's a genius yeah, yeah. I did a Handel's Messiah with him in uh, Alabama with the Alabama, Alabama Symphony and I had done the Messiah a bunch of times and so there's certain versions you do. You do the the Easter version or the Christmas version, and they're all kind of the same cut and dry thing. Yeah, I've but done that. there's a whole bunch of extraneous tunes in there that get cut. Sure. And they didn't they're not part of it. So, I finished the rehearsal. It was just a, a a piano and the conductor and the soloist, and he was just going through everything to see our tempi and all that stuff. And so I sat down. And I was done. I was ready to go to lunch and maybe have a drink and have happy hour and whatever. <laughs> and Anthony came up to we call him ARC Anthony Rothkastel. Yeah, yeah. ARC. He came up and he's like, "You ready for our duet?" And I said, "Huh?" <laughs> he said, "Our duet's next." And I said, "What?" Do you not even know it? I'd never heard of it. Oh God. And and so I sight read the thing. It's this little Odeth. It's actually a great duet. Um, so for the alto and the tenor. And I kind of sight read it and said, I guess I'll learn this before the orchestra rehearsal tonight because I'd, I'd, I'd done the Messiah a thousand times. I'd never done no this. No one ever does that. But, but they did so it were you nervous? Or was it exciting yeah, well, to be able to do something you had No, done? you just get it done. I mean, there's no time for nervous at that. Oh, you yeah, just yeah. do it. You yeah, just go yeah, and you sure. do it and you get it done. And, but I mean, it wasn't the end of the world either. I mean, it's like well, you're good at the conductor understood. No, I'm terrible at sight reading, but I, I got it done. Okay. You just get the job done and I didn't get fired and... Here we are. Well, were you also able to, um, I mean, that's mostly when you do that, you're holding a, uh, the music mm-hmm. in front of you. So you, yeah, could, I you had could read it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's okay. Nice. I would have loved to have made it up, though. Is Handle the opera community <laughs> pretty small? No, it's enormous. It's only getting bigger. Hmm. And there's only oh. less money. There's less wow. and less money and more and more singers and more and more companies with less and less money trying to do something they can't afford to do. And... Uh, it's it's the reason I got out of this. I don't want to sing opera anymore. I just oh, I Chad is, we, we are catching so really, Chad this is at happening. the, the this tail is... end of his opera so, career, um, and he's moving on to other frontiers. Yeah. Did you just? Are you kind of feeling like you've gone through opera now in a certain way? I mean, you are. I mean, in the Chris Bodie tour is a, is an alternative thing. It's not like yeah. you know being in an opera. But you are singing opera in it. No, I'm not of. singing opera. What, I'm what singing, are you singing? What I'm, is that piece? I'm singing it's a Conte Patriot, which is... Which it's a is classical a, aria. It's what we call popra. 
which is a hybrid of pop music and operatic kind of style singing. Yeah, so, it was what's her name's. It was a big thing, thing like and, like and ten years old. Bocelli? That's Andrea Bocelli, yeah. Did the male thing and then Bright, Bright, what's her name? Sarah Brighton. Sarah Brighton. Weren't they yeah. the two people that sang that song? Or is no, that an old well, song? Well, but that, and, and like, they, they lumped Josh Groban into that as well, but it's just because he has a really rich voice. But he never sang operatic music. He had all of his stuff written for him by David Foster and really good producers and writers that knew how to cultivate his voice. He never tried to be an opera singer. To be honest with you, Andrea Bocelli is a pop singer. Yeah, he, that song is, doesn't, it feels operatic, but not, like, when you say yeah, pop, it just that feels makes operatic. sense. Yeah. It's like a pop song in a very operatic yeah. um, sort of delivery. Yeah, it's a gourmet burger. That's Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. There's validity There's a lot it. of like musical theater that's yeah, kind but of... I, but, I, mean, but I really like it, though. Celine, I mean, that's a great oh, yeah, job. Celine Dion oh, kind of yeah, dabbles sure. in that a little bit, too. I mean, she's, she's, well, Celine Dion is a goddess, but yeah. she's, she's brilliant. She's amazingly talented. And, and she's, she's a true vocal technician. Yeah. She knows her voice. She knows exactly how to execute it. She knows what keys to do her songs in as she gets Mm. older and the top shortens maybe a little bit or she can't live up in the high so long. She's she's a brilliant businesswoman and artist. Mm. And and I I can't... Do you ever listen to Joni Mitchell? Of course. Her later thing, her later like recordings are so interesting to hear. I looked at life from both yeah. times, from both sides. No, that I mean, it's like, so are you good. kidding me? Yeah. To, for someone to have that kind of perspective and, and have recorded that, what well, was just, that, 40 years in between? As a writer, yeah. as a writer, I just think she's um, amazing. I mean, just her lyrics, her, I think, are the my favorite I can get lost world. in some of her songs I mean they're just so beautiful and, and the great thing cry. is that she does too like she just she lives them when she sings them and that's the goal it's the hardest thing to do to get over yourself and actually be in the zone to do what you're doing like she does it yeah is the hardest thing in the world and it's and it's, it, it can destroy people like Maria Collis and Judy Garland when they live in that world of real true self-expression which we live for and they don't have a substantial foundation to go back to to recharge their batteries yes. it destroys them yeah yes and those two that women specifically well that's yeah exactly but someone like Meryl Streep I mean she has a good foundation to go back to and she knows how to recharge and she knows how to be a professional actress actor but with someone like Judy Garland and Maria Callas and everything, they just didn't have they they their 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 souls were too chaotic. They yeah. couldn't they couldn't like go Philip back Seymour and reach and they burn out, you know. Well, because their lives like they weren't they weren't happy. They were like their lives were chaotic. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Meryl Streep is weirdly kind of like a very normal Down to person. Earth. Mm-hmm. Chills. Like she you know she's got a husband and kids and like I don't feel like she's a tortured soul but she's able to channel I think you're right Those truth people, and her yeah. emotions in an extraordinary they way. do live in that without disconnection mm-hmm. and that's like probably like I, I think you're totally right and I've, and I've gotten to work with a lot of people that the most mundane kind of production whether they whether they're going to sing and they aren't a good actor and they aren't necessarily a good singer and they struggle with the blocking and everything is a problem for them and they come off the stage and they're like oh I've been wonderful tonight and it's like you really didn't do anything mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. it, that's the complete opposite and and a lot of people get distracted with that kind of minutia when they have really haven't done anything but they think they've been amazing mm. like an inability to be objective about Correct. yourself Absolutely. but I mean so I so think... um, that you're, you're leaving the opera thing yeah. So what? Was well, it left of... me like two years ago. I haven't sung an opera in two years. And and so what do you because like? Because you stopped getting books for things. Yeah, I could. I have agents in New York. I just I can't. I couldn't pay somebody to hire me to do an opera. Does that happen? Do well, people come in and out of Vogue? It's 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 it's, it's it's the it's a microcosm of exactly what the United States is now. It is there is Amazon. a small group of people that are killing it. And most of them are my friends, and they deserve to be killing it. They're fucking great singers, mm-hmm. and they're making a fortune. Mm-hmm. And then there's nothing, 
and then they use young artists for everything now. So you rarely see seasoned professional Journey singers man. in a regional company now. It's all yeah. young artists and maybe one or two people they could afford to yank in from New York or somewhere else. And okay. they, I mean, like there's a there's a company down in Florida that hired all Eastern European singers for their season in oh. Palm Beach, in West Palm Beach. Oh my gosh. So that's it just crazy. means that maybe there's a donor there that wanted that to happen. It's Melania Trump. I mean, that's what I mean. I mean, like, there's, there's, it, 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 they're, they're so desperate. I'll never perform at the Mar-a-Lago. But the, 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 you can quote the, me on the that. The opera world is Good. so desperate for money at this point. They'll do what they need they to do in order to get the things produced. And, and, and do it with an eye roll, too. I mean, even the people administrating are kind of going... Do you think the medium is dying? Or you said it's getting no. It will never. It will never die because it's opera opera be is is tremendously important, and it will always exist. But it doesn't need to be the most popular thing. No, and it doesn't well, need are, to be everywhere. Either. Are younger people going to the absolutely? Opera? Okay, good. I, I teach at the Broward Center in Fort Lauderdale, where I live, and it's all junior high, high school age people pursuing musical theater. And I do mm. voice technique classes. I teach a lot of them privately, and I do audition technique classes and stuff like that. And these kids are really talented, and they're hungry for it, and they love it, and they know so much about it, and they're kids. But those are performers <clears throat> who are drawn to it to do it. Uh, you know, I, I'm wondering, you know, are, are opera companies attracting young audiences? Like the demographics of, of opera. Sh- well, they're, they're, it's they're, expensive, they're so there's a kind it. of That's high thing. price it's, point to it. It, it is very expensive. But look at, look at opera. They're, they're trying to do it in like a nerdy old person way. You know what I mean? It's like it's not really relevant. And they, they've done studies and... A lot of opera companies try and do these outreach things where they go out to the local schools and they bring some turd thing about like the three little pigs with like Largo Alfactotum. I am the little three little pigs. Here I am with a little piano and their own pig costumes and boring kids to death in a gymnasium somewhere thinking that that's somehow going to make this art form relevant again mm-hmm. when it has nothing to do with what an actual no, opera is. No. Um, the way to do it is to teach kids the end music to Nessim Dorma. Where everybody's just hollering and you have the lead soprano there screaming and the tenor screaming and the kids can be, we can plug them into the chorus just for that section. Yeah. They can watch the whole opera and then bring the kids up, put them in the chorus and have everybody holler that music together. And when those kids wind up working for the big investment firms in New York City and they have an extra million dollars, they're going to send it to the opera company. I mean, I, Not because they saw the three little pigs sing Largo off Octotum in no. English in their gym. I did think that, um, speaking of Nessun Dorma, um, that Aretha Franklin did kind of like, when she performed that at the Grammys as a last minute replacement for Luciano Pavarotti, um, I thought that she kind of like brought attention to opera from people that hadn't paid attention to it I, from yeah. from an outsider's perspective. But it, but just, it also I just that. it also just showed what an incredible versatile really truly superstar artist she was. Yeah. She just showed up and she I mean it's some of the greatest singing I've ever heard in my if life. If you li- if you listen to like just the breadth of her career um a podcast that I very much enjoy, Johnny McGovern, um, has been doing a multi-part tribute to um, to Aretha Franklin and got has got way way deep into her catalog. Like he, I think he thought it was going to get it all done in one episode, but like he he's still in what I've listened to that he's put out. It's been two, and now he's going to do three because he's still at like 1990. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it should and, be a Ken Burns thing. It should be like a four-part. Three hour each documentary yeah, series, great. but it's it's it it's just be. so like because I mean I've always I've always loved Aretha Franklin I really appreciated her but I certainly you know hadn't heard you know some random song that she put out you know in the late seventies. Well, the, or the only thing the I can kind of draw a parallel with is when Lady Gaga sang in her head voice and did a Sound of Music. Oh my god, Montage. I just watched that. And 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 what I liked is that Stephen Sondheim kind of 
viciously in the Times came out the next day and said it wasn't good. He said it wasn't good. This isn't what she does. She had no attention because he studied with Oscar Hammerstein. Right. That was he. Wrote, he basically was with the person that wrote those lyrics. He right. Said, there was no attention to lyric. There was no attention to detail. Everyone is impressed by the fact that she figured out how to negotiate the notes of the I mean, tunes. She's no. But um, but you know, Aretha Franklin no went and she annihilated. Nessim Dorma. Even the greatest, purest opera lover would watch to do that and go, holy shit, that was incredible. <laughs> I shall win! Yeah. And it's just like holler in English and fake Italian. And, well, the but she was, but it was, was the whole thing, it was Aretha Franklin. Stunning. Yeah. yeah. She I didn't mean, apologize for anything. She just went and Aretha Franklin, <laughs> Nessim Dorma, and we all died. Yeah. Well, and so that, I thought it was kind of a signal moment for. For, I mean, opera has its, you know, wealthy fans and has, like, you know, temples, like, you know, the Met and uh, uh, La Scala or whatever, you know, the, and people appreciate opera around the world. But um, I don't know. I mean, so it's interesting, like, how, how you're saying, like, it's a little I, bit... I, I, I had a great time singing opera. As a practitioner. Yeah, kind of... and, and it, there's nothing I love more than singing. I love opera. I love the the work it takes to be an opera singer. It ta It's literally taught me everything. I've traveled the world, and, and I'm from a small town in West Michigan. I really have sung places and done things that I didn't ever think I would do or had any business doing. Yeah. Um, but everything has its season everything has its time it's like you move yeah. on like if it's if if it's not there anymore you you move on well this so what are you moving on to this body tour is a great you know kind of opportunity what's kind of what's what you're thinking well it's it's been to meet the musicians that are in this band is unreal i, I mentioned it before it's like they've all recorded with every great band and and jazz singer and r&b singer that you could ever imagine and sung with them and i had to learn a whole new musical vocabulary just getting dumped into this band i didn't know what i was doing and they don't use the classical terms they use jazz terms and pop terms for where they're starting in a in a or to do a different riff well let's go back to this section mm -hmm. and they have all different terminology and i said to them i was like i I've, I've been a professional musician for about 20 years and I don't have any idea what you guys are saying but they get it done and so I had to learn a new musical vocabulary and realize that no matter what you know as soon as you know, as soon as you think you really know something you've only opened up another world to know a hundred times more mm, mm -hmm. you know I feel worthless all the time I feel useless all the time like I was walking up to your apartment today and you were or your house today and you were playing the piano and I was like I can't play the piano like that. I, I don't, mm. I've never been able to do it. I can sing a high C at any point in the day, but there are certain things that, like when I see someone like Aretha Franklin saying Nessim Dorma, yeah. or, or Cy Smith, who, who was on the tour with me, when she starts riffing and doing her things and just watching her sound checks, what she can do and how she knows how to interact with all of these brilliant musicians, I sit there and I go, I, don't, I really don't know anything. But she might see what you do and think like, Oh my god, I can't do that. But that's the point. Yeah, yeah. We 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 all should be learning from each other all the time because everyone has a different experience and every like just in general. I mean, and I mean this too because this is how you teach people to sing. Like you can't you can't take the same approach to everybody. Some people respond to imagery and say, "I need you to think of your breath like the wind over the reeds over a calm pond," and they can only do imagery. But some people like. I need you to breathe and intercostals. They want like the physiology of it. Yeah, and you have to. It, and some people, it's just like you talk about their mom for a half hour, and then they can sing anything. You know, uh, it's 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 your as a voice teacher, a psychologist, as much as anything else. Do you want to keep doing singing? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so so you're so, kind of moving in uh, still completely. I'll singer, do any. I, at this point, I'll do anything. I, I I'm kind of. You heard it here, folks. First, folks. <laughs> I'll do anything. Chad's a whore. Honey, you got the time. I got the time. <laughs> he did um, get the appointment in the valley. <laughs> but speaking of the Chris Bodie tour, let's give people a little uh, taste. Uh, you know, if you want to go check out Chad's um, things, you can go to. He has a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. You can put in Chad Johnson Tenor into YouTube, and you'll come up with. All sorts of things, including this, 
with Chad performing with Chris Bodie at Con de Partido. Partido. And it's with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Con de Partido. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to hear a little <laughs> bit of that because I, we want to introduce uh, our listeners what to What does that mean? Chad's introduce? Work. I've been talking for like an hour, haven't I? To your work. So <laughs> okay. We want, we want to, you know, like, they've been hearing you, but now, like, let's hear what you actually do. Chad had to pee. To consume substances. I know. Anyway, we continue doing that. (laughs) (laughs) The first podcast of yours with editing. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. There's an infamous one. We do have one. Infamous one. Required some editing. It was like a three and a three a.m. editing session. And an antibiotic. (laughs) But we won't tell. We We won't. It was a great one. It was. It ended up being great. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, yeah, and it clears up in 24 hours after that shot, so you're perfectly fine. Absolutely, no indeed, indeed, we're fine, we're healthy, disease-free. <laughs> Some recordings never clean up, though. I tell you, um, um, but we're we're trying to get back to Chad. So, back to Chad, but no more it's a great opera. subject. Yeah, let's move on for a moment. Are you gonna do like an Adina Menzel pop album? I definitely am not going to do that. <laughs> no. You should join the. Uh, the Leah Michelle Darren Chris tour. <laughs> I, the only I thing saw I, that they're doing. There's that. only like, one part oh, of that that made me want to join that. that tour. Now that you're moving to LA. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> um, but yeah, but but okay. So you discovered things like Chris Bodie, who, and so that's wait, no, no, no. What, what about your relationship life and stuff? Oh, like, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that. Um, um, Ch- Chad is what, married. You're married. I am right? married. He's very, married now. I'm very happily married to a beautiful Brazilian man named Lucas. Oh my God! Stop. You now. should see That's a picture. So yeah. It's very, and, very uh, attractive. We've had a blast. I mean, it was like I was very single for a long time, and even when I was in relationships, I still acted like I was single. So mm. it was. Um, <laughs> but made a lot of choices and I made, and I dealt with all of it and yes. you know and so when I met my Lucas is I said you this, were is, this is something is that what you mean I was not great at, at monogamy no absolutely never. yeah totally yeah uh, I gave it a good college try <laughs> but I never took and uh, same <laughs> yeah exactly I mean yeah. it doesn't work for most people that's the thing is that we, we still think it's a this great thing to do and it's like no it's not that's why priests bang kids all the time is because they don't get to do anything <laughs> you yes, know it's like I think sexual suppression if, if you're gonna, is not healthy if you're gonna, for us. if you're gonna shut everything down it's not gonna go well I also, anything I also feel like most gay relationships that I have seen that are successful that I guess I probably emulate in a certain way have been like open relationships I think it's less. There's well, less you're stigma. That work I think there's less stigma it attached. Seems so healthy to me. Yeah, I, I'm. Enjoy, I it feels more natural to kind of who I am. 
Uh, I sex positivity is, I think, something that everyone could use a good dose of, Mm -hmm. and to be made to feel like everyone has these same urges and desires, whether you're genetically and and birth or cis male or female. Monogamy is is a social contract, and and there's some people that can do it. There are some people that can do it, and it totally works for them. Mm -hmm. And that gives them a sense of go ahead. And if that's if that's your jam, then go ahead. And we know we you just need to be on the same page as your partner. You know, and monogamy also isn't even like a really totally completely human standard because we know so many other communities that operate on like a non-monogamous culture. Yes, like throughout the world. Sure. So no. it really is a sort of nowadays we don't they don't get much press coverage but you sure. know you know the the other thing Western expansion making people feel bad about themselves makes people make money. So it can be fucking, it can be makeup, it can be plastic surgery, it can be clothes, it can be anything. Making someone feel prices. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like you can you can insecure have... and that they need something. They need to buy. Something. I need that juicer. Otherwise, how am I going to get fresh juice? I so my need skin to healthy you know, So I need to get you know bigger boobs. Well, or, that makes you know, them. Whatever. That makes people money. Yeah, um, that's I'm... very shrewd. I mean, of you to observe, sure. But that's what it is. No, it is. It's true. There's no b- bigger business in the Catholic Church. I mean, they make more money than anybody tax-free everywhere Ooh, tax-free just like Scientology uh, and they all wear Prada slippers every day it's like oh, you know yes. that is grand and yeah. that's a that is a that's bigger than Walmart there's something very evil to me about the Catholic Church I think the Catholic Church probably also has like money that is not declared there's like a secret all oh, of these of societies have these secret money that's like non-public. But they money. don't even need to be secret. I mean, yes, of course. I'm sure there are secret sects of it. Uh, sects with it. S-E-C-T-S. Yeah. Um, but I've had that too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I do, I do think that. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Well, we, we kind of went on a, a tangent. We have went on a tangent. My, this doesn't have anything to do with Chad Johnson. What? Well, no, no, no. It's just it, more about... Well, monogamy. My husband, though, specifically, was... I wasn't ready to be married until I was ready to be married. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily... You certainly weren't it, looking This to is going to... Yeah, this is... You know, you know me. Yeah, Th- yeah. This is right. Um, and I'm, I know this sounds very callous and unromantic, but it wasn't about the person. It was about the time. It was about me knowing enough about my... Because I have been with some wonderful men. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And women. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the time that would be the one to do the marriage and the yeah, thing with. totally. And that had to do with me, not with them. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so, so even that, that shitty breakup excuse, it's me, it's not you, that's always true. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that is true. Do you know, it is always true. Because if you really were able to just jive with them for a long time, then you'd you'd have done it. And yeah. we learn, some, you know, we learn things from all those things. Absolutely, know, all those bad choices yeah. or all those things. No, that don't but work. I don't believe in I don't believe in bad choices. I believe they're the choice you made because you had to learn something for this chapter of your life. Yeah, I mean, I actually, relationships are like a continual decision to stick together. It's like not huh. always. I think sometimes the most responsible thing is to end it. Too. No, I know, but staying no, in but it, like if being in a relationship, yeah, you're, you're a relationship. continuing. You, of you, course, you, at once, at, if you end the relationship, you decide that okay, I, I don't want to work on it. anymore. I hear what you're saying though. Yeah. I mean, being in a relationship, you both are continue. You you make a continuous. You have decision. to buy into Let's it. Let's continue to do that. You have right. to say, look, yes, I'm buying into it. Again. Yeah. So I'm buying into it again. So in our our political climate, I can check every box of things that the people don't like. So I am a white, Anglo-Saxon, um, uh, gay man in my forty. I'm forty, and my husband is twenty-three years old, and he is from Niteroi, which is just outside of Rio de Janeiro, and he is not my same race. He is uh, Brazilians are half black and half Portuguese because they were a slave nation. And they, that's why they are not, they don't speak Spanish, they speak Portuguese mm-hmm. because they were settled by a Portuguese, by Portuguese monarchy. Mm-hmm. And they dragged in more African slaves than we had here. So their culture is African and 
quasi-European, and then the Nazis also escaped. the sexiest country, I think, in the world. Well, I agree. I mean, like, the second person I had sex like, with... I can't think of any sexier country. The second person I had sex with was a guy, a Brazilian guy, who I met at the Roxy in New York, and, oh my God, was he good. We had sex a number of times. He was really good. Sadly, don't remember his name, but who cares? That's not the, what we're talking but about. look at the, look at Brazilians though, and what's going on in their country. Like they 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 make their corruption in their government makes us seem like Sweden. Like they Absolutely. it is so yes. corrupt. All of South America, and they they have the one percent and the nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like there's not there ain't nothing under mm-hmm. the one percent. And but what just, you're saying about Lucas though is is like you know he is like kind of everything that is. Um, be problematic to the people running our country Correct. right now. But it you know, is exactly like, what our country is. He's all, he's also recently coming out came out as gender non-binary. Mm-hmm. And I knew this from the beginning. I, just, I told Eric earlier today it's like one of the first things I ever bought my future husband was at the TJ Maxx in Columbus Circle in Manhattan. And he said uh, I, he was just sniffing <clears throat> the, the the perfumes at the like checkout counter, mm-hmm. and he found Elizabeth Taylor's white diamonds. Oh, white diamonds, girl! Yes. And he smelled it. And he said, "I love this." And I went, "Let's get it." And so I bought him Elizabeth Taylor's white diamonds. And oh Elizabeth God, I Taylor's love that it was white. Diamonds. Elizabeth Taylor's white diamonds smells <laughs> on a twenty-year-old Brazilian much different than it does on a 68-year-old woman. <laughs> it was incredible. These voice And then that's what I said. And so I got the excuse to pull each of my earrings off and say, these have always brought me luck and throw them on the table. <laughs> but so... so when, They still run those commercials. Uh, just because yeah, it's no, Elizabeth Taylor. Dead. I'd watch it every... I can watch it. I'd watch that bitch pull her well, earrings off and throw them on the thing. It's Elizabeth Taylor. If you had to pick a commercial that you could only... You that. had to watch for the rest of eternity... It that. might be that. It might be that. <laughs> These that. have always brought me, brought me like, because it's just glamorous and ridiculous. And I would always watch it and co- kind of find something new every time. I was like, she's a genius. Did he know of the commercial? Or was he just no, like, I uh, like, what is this? He no. just like, he liked the sense. That's it. He was like, this, so is, this is me. He's this a, is he, everything my, I want to My mean. husband is a force, force of nature. I've, it would, he's literally brought me into the next chapter of my life. Because and he's, he's pursuing modeling. Anything. I mean, but the thing is, it's like the number of things he's done really well mm. in the time I've known him is astonishing. I mean, mm. he has his own company in Fort Lauderdale. He's an LLC in Fort Lauderdale, on point custom dance floors. <laughs> if you need one, get one. Ooh, um, Fort and he does custom dance, dance quickly, floors. Yeah, you're right. You're leaving town. Well, we'll start them here too. You guys have events here too. That's Girl, right. Yeah. Great. Great. LA can yeah. never use enough dance floors. I know, right? Well, Especially custom ones. Turn the city into a dance floor. How? Yeah. You know, I mean, that Ostmanhof might need a custom dance floor. No, it's like they're very. Um, I think every sketch can. I think Pop-pop. everyone should have a custom dance floor. <laughs> frankly, I would love a little mini dance floor in my room. It's all recyclable materials too. He does a really great job. But we are an interracial couple, and he is gender non-binary, and I've never been happier. It's like you know, it's, I love this. This is life. This is getting to know somebody and figuring out what. All, and it really, it ultimately means nothing to me. It's mm-hmm. the person. Like I bought him white diamonds week one that we were together. Like there's no big surprise. Oh my god, I can't believe you're a, you're a feminine. What does that mean? It's like, wear white diamonds and it smells like a million dollars on you. It sounds cliche, like, when people are like, you really only have one life to live, so just, like, do it for you. But it, I've really, in the last, like, year or two, have really thought about that a lot and just kind of, like, why do we hold insecurities about certain things or not let ourselves express ourselves how we want to express ourselves or hold back in certain ways and you really kind of have to like say at some point like I don't give a fuck anymore what anybody else thinks I'm gonna do this and the things that I'm gonna do in my life are gonna be for me yeah mm-hmm. you know I think that's so yeah that's totally true I also believe in uh, today Eric brought me to a lesbian brunch <laughs> and <laughs> was Lee there but she was but I have to tell you no previous I, podcast uh, and we spoke yes she was yeah, yeah. But I, but I have to tell you, I really enjoyed it, and 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 we watched the the 
sermon from uh, the, our host's synagogue. Yes. But one thing I took away from it that I really loved is, is that she basically said there's two kinds of people in this world. Ones that when it gets cold, you put on a jacket and others make a fire. Meaning the jacket just helps you. The fire can help everyone around you. Hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was... Like, that was, that was the, that, but, but um, truly, that was the point of my day today, other than getting to see you and, mm. and getting to spend time. Mm. Um, that really resonated with me because I truly believe like helping other people and just listening and being nice and being kind. That's what I teach all of my students is if you're young, just be nice to fucking people. It's so much easier than the other. I say that to people all the time. I think life is about being kind. I think there's nothing more important than kindness. I agree. You always demonstrate that in the Ubers. (laughs) (laughs) I was slapping across the face right now, Nathan. Uh, all right. I mean, I'm, uh, maybe I'm not perfectly no, kind to every be. person yeah, I you're encounter. You're an amazingly kind person. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But, um, oh my God. Um, but no, I, I just think that kindness is so important. I just think it, it's just like, it's the essence of the human experience. And it's so not what, what people are to each other many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, warfare mm-hmm. and... Her, just like and right now, what's what going on with with Trump but, and but the I have racism? To tell you though, like, what, and the, uh, one of the I moved to I, I left New York City when <clears throat> I I kind of moved us out of New York City when I got married. Yeah, because I knew that Lucas and I didn't know each other very long before we got married. Yeah, we talked but about I knew this. he was my person. Right, and we couldn't do it in New York City. And well, that was your town, and and you'd been there for so long, and you had a, a, a big. <clears throat> social network there where he didn't so you found a place to go little gay island off of wilton uh, manors fort lauderdale it's it's Um, beautiful you found a place to go where you could cocoon Mm -hmm. and get to know each other and and form our marriage yeah you know we did we did marriage counseling we did everything we kind of bashed out i love how seriously how does how does marriage counseling work Well, it depends on what you're going for. So do you just meet with a, like a therapist together? And Nine times out of ten, it's just learning how to communicate with each other when Problems you're arise. old, when individuals' old hang-ups come up and they don't know how to talk about it. Um, our, our counseling really had very little to do with him and me. It was just saying, it's okay for you to have had the life you've had. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me or with him Mm -hmm. it was just you have had your experiences you guys are here now you need to just talk and and understand it's just clearing the 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 baggage communication let the baggage go i bring my baggage into whatever relationship i guess we all baby you got one foot in the past and you got one foot in the future you're always pissing in the present and it's leave it it's great when you can like communicate with someone <clears throat> and exercise that let it go leave it behind and not let it um impact your your present you know relationship just be present and be interacting with that person mm-hmm. that you're and in that, the and relationship with and that's one of the things Who i've also cares about your past? but that's one thing i've loved about singing too those people can find those moments great singers can tap into those moments that most people only do in therapy uh-huh. And then they can sing with that to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we go, I'm completely dead. Yeah. I mean, that, it blows you over. And that's, that's why singing is incredible. That's why art is incredible. That's why acting is incredible. That somebody can drop into the moments that we avoid all the time. And publicly and, share and them. And publicly share them. And let everyone say, oh, she wasn't that good in that movie. Right. And, and it's got, it, you kind of go... That was, you know, she dedicated a whole section of her life away from her family. Yeah. You know, my, my, I told you, my father had quadruple bypass surgery on my flight here. Mm. Emergency. And it was just kind of like, I don't know what to do. It's not going to do me any good to go there and just sit at the hospital and go, hi. But I went and did my concert in Camarillo last night and, and yeah. you just, it was a long flight. 
I actually will say my father had quadruple bypass surgery and it really like for him it, it was kind of a good new lease on life and I think it really helped you know like he would have died of a heart attack had they not you know um, caught that and done the surgery and for me it was actually a great I did fly back and um, the important thing for me was to be there for my mother and uh, you know she just it was just a very difficult time for her and she you know I, I was able to just kind of like go to the hospital with her and then take her back to the house and and just and be there and she was able to just kind of like let it go because yeah, we like, need support and just you know express how um, terrified she was mm -hmm. crazily she died you know not too long after that um, just didn't wake up one morning and she always thought that you know he would go first he's had tons of sure. issues um, so, but I, you know, anyway, it was a beautiful experience for me to be able to be there for her while she was like at a very vulnerable, terrified moment. But, and, and that's exactly what we've been talking about is that everyone needs support. Mm -hmm. You never know what's happening at any given time. So when you can tap into that as a singer and make a song happen and destroy everybody, but you have to be able to do it in your own life and that's the hardest part yeah to get over your old shit with your family and realize as we get older not everyone has as much strength as they thought they had yeah and i feel so forgiving and, you know even just of of my family who hasn't always been the best to me but i just as i get older i'm just like i i just i feel really forgiving of you know, people it takes have too their much energy to not failings. People are not always perfect, and they, they don't always like do the right things, and they're not always kind to people. But um, people that they love. But uh, I, you know, it's just like okay. We're all. I like the idea of us all being onions, and you just have to keep yanking off layer after layer after layer. You didn't do anything to get them; they're just there. Yeah. But you just got to keep going to find the new, fresher one and what is relevant and what is relevant for where I am right now and keep peeling them off. Some are harder than others, some are bigger than others, and just keep yanking them off. It'll never end, and you have to be comfortable with that. Right. Yeah, some of them it's like, I'm just not going to peel that one off. I'm just going to leave not that yet. one. Not <laughs> yet. It's okay to leave a certain <laughs> chunk. Mm -hmm. You know, just leave them until it's ready to go. But in the other ones, if you can yank a couple off on the other sides of it, that's good. You know, we, yeah. we have such... we have such. Well, and this reminds me, like, one of your big focuses right now is that you're a teacher. And, you, you know, you, you taught in New York, you're teaching in Florida, you will we'll teach in L.A. By the time this comes... Well, no, you won't have moved here then, but um, this will come out in about a month. You registered about... Um, <laughs> he kidding? gives me a Are you joking? Are you kidding? And you're registered in Florida. Of course. Which is so important. Of course. But With my black, trans, gay husband. Are you kidding? I'm into it. But is he? he's not able to vote, though. No. Not with a green card. Yeah, no. he's a green card. Raul can't vote either. My um, boyfriend is also a green card holder. And recently got his renewed in the first year of Trump's presidency. It was a pretty scary time just kind of being like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Is that it probably happen? took longer. We, we had to get an extension because it took so long. So everything not, was just is, so backed up. And, and, and the thing is, especially if you're coming from South America or Central America, it's it's a whole different ballgame just because it's, it's a political thing right now. Yeah. So you're, you're not going to have any troubles with that. I mean, you're not going to have any success with it. Russia, China, anywhere come in easy, no problem. Well, no especially line, no Russia, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so no problem. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah, no, they no line, no like, waiting. Come on in. The Russians. That's right. Yeah, then no, that's no yeah. issue. Two for one penthouses in Midtown today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what? There's so many old beyond in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's crazy. Beyond teaching, what is next for? How how do you want to? Express yourself. I don't really care, to be honest next... with you. Okay. I, I'm totally open to anything and everything. 
Well, I mean, if, pri- you know, privately, is, like we well, were like talking it, about, like you have some really cool ideas for, for content and for producing things. Yeah. Maybe a documentary, maybe sure. this, maybe that. I think that's great. If I there's mean, some sort of weird trans lesbian porn I can be in or something, I'll be, I'm open to anything. Oh, we should point. put you in touch with Kolob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people. Yes. Yeah, I don't care. Friend, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. I'm, I'm open A to... most popular episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I literally, I do, I, I'm, I, I've learned... You should be a witch. I feel, I love to be a witch. He, like, came in and was like, can we turn the overhead lighting off, please, and put these candles on the table? And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, Let's it's, get it's, witchy. it's actually been a very great move. Didn't it seem atmosphere. harsh that up overhead? It lighting? was a little much. It was a I little was fine much. with it. Ecco un artista. <laughs> That's from Tosca. But you know, I mean, you're very young, Nathan. <laughs> Put the spotlight on me, baby. It's my podcast. And you're all the guests. <laughs> the spotlights come from a certain angle. They're never from directly overhead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the truth comes out, Nathan. Uh, the truth comes out. That's how you see it. Okay. You We're changing the name. The Nathan Stryfel Show. You either got it or you ain't. You might get some pushback on that one, Nathan. Are you kidding me, Eric? It's <laughs> us all the way. This is happening. Never anything else. I already told you, you can't quit. I think I'm not like quitting. 20 podcasts ago, I was like... Well, whatever you got a little haughty for a second. I was like, "Damn!" No, I did. I what I did. I, I was kind of like speaking mocking, of which, I only headlines. So I was mocking right. myself. <laughs> I was just saying, like you know, I've descended down to this. <laughs> you know? But I mean, that's yeah, just that flippant comment. No, that, <laughs> that just was you know making. Well, of course, but, but, know, we but going back to me <laughs> and my career, what you just said though, it's like I really <laughs> don't. I really don't care. Like I, I have a lot of perspective at this point in my life. I'm going to be 41 in November. I've lived a... You know me. I live pretty hard. I've lived... I, I do a lot. Cheers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. I re- but I really do. I love... I love meeting people. I love spending time with people. I love learning about people. Yeah, I you're love very learning. social. I really... But I really... And it's not... Fake. It's like no, no, no. no. It's I'm like I really just you're like actually extremely genuine. No, you're I a just, super genuine guy. I and I, you also remind me of the Midwest because I used to live in Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I am, and, I, and that that's one one thing that I will will say that I'm learning to appreciate about my upbringing is because it did teach me just to be overly kind to people. Yep, it gets We're you always fired. focused you have an on incredible authenticity, which I I don't know that I have. I you do with I, me. You do with me. I think, I mean, I, I try to be authentic, but I do think that there's something about me. Some people think like, oh, I, don't know. I don't know how authentic that is. But anyway, I mean... I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I think you're authentic. Well, thank you. Um, but It but takes a minute, but you can... Not like Chad. Chad, there's something very, like, real... I really like people. I like learning about people. Yeah. I, I, I'm not intimidated because I'm not expecting anything from anybody. Yeah. Okay, if Chad, Eric, if Chad was like, I'm going to give you guys a million dollars, but you have to change the name of the podcast to The Chad Johnson Show, would we accept? A million? Yeah. I'm going Welcome to, to The Chad Johnson <laughs> Show. We named it for a million dollars. Thank you, Chad. All right, now let's continue. I want, I want 20 points on the back end. Absolutely. Why? Of course. You think I didn't do we my research? We name it the Donald money. Trump show if someone gave us a million dollars. <laughs> Hell, why not? Yeah. <laughs> we can call we it whatever we want, We get more hits. <laughs> we might. We might. Let's, we're making America great again. One podcast at a time. One. Thank you for that million dollars. You didn't even know you gave us Trump. One trans immigrant at a time. It came out of the taxes you don't pay. Thank you. <laughs> I don't totally with that. No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the most highly edited it episode. Make any sense? But That's we, and we have gone very far afield. Yeah. Chad, yeah, Chad, yes, yes, yes. But just Chad. so that we can wrap it up, let's just wrap it up, Chad. <laughs> Um, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Well, it's really fun to, you know, kind of explore 
your journey, you know, with a friend. Thank you for coming here. Wait, um, do you like like people to follow you on social media? Is that something that you participate you do, in? You, you do have that uh, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. We both just subscribed. Yeah, listeners should Johnson, too. Tenor. Well, but much like everyone else, I'm kind of in transition right now. I'm kind of figuring out some different things. Are you on the Instagram? Yes, I am, but it's it's I'm mainly just looking at hot guys and drag queens and old, you know, production yeah. photos. It, like that's all my Instagram feed is. I don't really use it for my career. I only use it. To, it's it's mostly well, naked Brazilians and Carol Burnett. <laughs> frankly, that's not the worst, but, honestly. I could scroll. Sounds oh, I bad. spend I spend more time on it than I should. Um, but no, I've, you know, I'm, Facebooks. I'm, my life is kind of in flux. I'm looking forward to everything that's happening, but we'll sort that all out on How the other side. How do you find side. students? <clears throat> they find By you. being a good voice teacher. They find you. Yeah, by being a good voice teacher. He releases a law into the world, and then that law travels a long well, distance one, to one One wondered if you had a website that one could <laughs> I kind of did once, management. and I, I, I do, but they don't do anything either. I mean, it's a oh, waste of time. All of it's a waste of time. That's what I'm saying. I'm totally... You're in flux. I'm totally in flux, but I, I've, I've never had more direction in my life, to be honest with you. Oh, fabulous. That's I love it. I love it. Well, Chad Johnson. Thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, thank for listening you. to another episode of This Is Happening. Yes. Of thank course, you for joining us. Follow us, share, like, Instagram, Facebook, all of the above. And you can be- email us. Um, yes. Give us a five-star rating or don't bother. What's the email again? This is happening the podcast at gmail.com. Feel free. If we get an email, we'll read it. If we get an email, <laughs> I love how we're admitting we we've never received an email. No one's ever emailed us. We get lovely email? comments. Email in October. Sometimes we get lovely comments on the on the. I just things. want an email now. It's just like a like a goal. Like, you know when you play a video game and they have like mini goals. Wasn't we that supposed that, to be the sign off? We have <laughs> gotten some crazy um, Facebook messages like promoting other things. They're just weird things, but. Anyway. Spammers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to the spammers, you know, spread our... But anyway, thank you very much. Bye. Bye.